Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Just want to say a big uh, thank you for all those that helped sell moms and, and, and put it out there because we were able to sell all of our moms and I think we're we're going to profit about a little over $600 for Speed of Light. So thank you so much. So I appreciate all your hard work for posting and all that stuff that you guys did. We appreciate it. Just want to say happy fall to you guys. I wore, I, I wore my favorite fall shirt today because it's still summertime. Um, and so, but we know that fall is just around the corner. And I thought, you know, I, I was there today I was, as I was getting ready for church, church. I thought, what can I wear to church today to honor Logan and Shelby? So I picked the brightest shirt that I have in my closet. So you may not want to look directly at it because it may blind you. So just, just be careful. Don't look straight at the shirt because it's, it's a little dangerous. Um, but today I want to I preach a message. I, last week I told you that we were going to continue on a series of dangerous prayers. But this week I've really been praying and I feel like God's leading, leading me in a different direction this morning. And I want to preach a message simply called guardrails. Guardrails. As I was praying and thinking about this message, um, I know that our teenagers are in here this morning, and it's not really geared towards our teenagers, but I'm going to be speaking to our teens, but also I'm going to be speaking to you adults as well today. Um, years ago in ministry, um, as a young youth pastor, there were some things that, that I didn't know about ministry, and there's a lot of things I still don't know about ministry. Uh, but there, years ago, I, I learned and I established guardrails as a, as, a, as a pastor in my life. There were some things that I, I set in, in, in motion, that I set boundaries in my life uh, that would protect me. Things that would help me in the ministry. Things that would, that would cause me not to uh, mess up in certain areas of my life. One of the, and one of those areas was this. and I, 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 I told myself that I would never, ever ride alone in a car with a girl or a young girl. Or a lady or a young girl. That was just one of the rules I had because I said, you know what? I'm not going there, even though it may be innocent, even though maybe nothing ever happened. I'm just I'm choosing not to go that route because I don't want something to happen. I want to I want to stop it now before anything before the enemy gets a hold of something and begins to twist it and turn it. And there was another thing that that I decided for myself that I would never counsel a lady or a young girl in a room by myself. That my wife was always going to be there. Why? Because I want to protect myself. I want to make sure that I am protected, not only me, but the person that I'm speaking to or this person that I'm hanging out with. Listen, guys, I've heard numerous of stories of pastors and excuse me, youth pastors that, that failed in an area in their life because they didn't have guardrails and they didn't have boundaries in their life. You know, I heard one this week. It was called the Billy Graham rule. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. Billy Graham said he would never have dinner with a lady that wasn't his wife. He would never meet with a lady, you know, alone by himself. And he would never ride in a car with a lady by himself. That, I didn't even know that was a rule, but that's, that's what he had. And if you remember a couple years ago, our vice president, Mike Pence, he said the same thing. And he was blasted for it, remember? I mean, he, people jumped all over him, how crazy. But, but he knew that he, was gonna, he wanted to protect himself from anything that the devil would try to bring in, you know, bring, bring the light in his life. And so the reason for that, again, it was, it was to protect myself and anything that the devil may try to stir up or try to do into my life. You see, guard, guardrails are there to protect you from danger. That's why they're there. 
Guardrails are there to protect you from danger. You see, a guardrail is a system that is designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. That's what guardrails are there for. It's to, it's to help vehicles to stay, in, uh, to stay out of the dangerous areas or not to go in areas that are off-limits. When you think about guardrails, you usually find them in three locations. You find them on bridges that will keep you from going over the edge of the bridge. I mean, thankful for that. You find them in, on, uh, you know, in, uh, in the median where oncoming traffic is coming towards you or, or vice versa, you going towards them. And you find them in curves, unexpected places that may occur at some time in, on, on, that, on that road. You see, when, I, when you and I set boundaries in our life, when you and I set guardrails in our life, it's for our own protection. It's to protect us. It's to keep us out of the danger zone and to keep us in the safety zone. Because I know and understand, listen, I know and understand that at any time in my life, there's a possibility that I may be faced with a situation that if I did not set guardrails in my life or if I did not stay in the safe zone, that I may mess something up really bad. I know that I'm flesh, I'm blood, I understand all of that stuff. So I have to set guardrails and boundaries in my life to keep that from happening in my life. To protect me from the danger and the things that the enemy may throw against me or try to bring up in my life. But more importantly about guardrails, they're there to, to protect you, but they're also there to direct you. They direct you from, from danger. How many of you have a conscience this morning? Raise your hand. Everybody's like, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I think I do. Think about it this way. Think of that if you've ever had one of those moments where, you've, where you felt impressed to do something, and you, then you felt this. Mm, I'm not sure about that. Ever that hap- you ever had that happen in your life? Some people call it the con- conscience. I call it the Holy Spirit. Where you're like, man, I just, but then you get that little nudge. No, 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 you, you need to stay. Don't go there. Stay, don't look at that. Don't go there. Don't Why? Because if you do, you may mess up. You may do something that you didn't want to do, but we all know how the enemy works. We all know that we're flesh and blood, and that if we cross over that guardrail or if we cross over that boundary, we are in the danger zone, and we may mess something up. And so we have to understand that when we get that nudge in our spirits, when we get that little nudge in our life to listen to it, don't, don't sweep it away. Don't blow it off, but listen to what it says because if you feel no, that's your answer. That's the answer you need to know. If you feel no, then there's your answer. You don't need to know, well, I'm not sure. What my... If you feel no, don't do it. If you feel like there's danger there, don't do it. Protect yourself from anything that would happen in your life. I remember years ago we were going to a, a wedding in North Carolina and we were traveling down the interstate and 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 I just let you know guys I was I was driving under the speed limit or I was driving the speed limit because I, I, I obey the laws okay I'm just telling you I do I'm just Lord please forgive me I just told a story um, there I was speeding okay I was speeding down the interstate but there was a car in front of me about three or four car lengths in front of us that was a little bit ahead of us so it was them and our car and then there was nobody behind us and then out of nowhere, this car runs straight into the guardrail. And it hits the guardrail. And it's one of those guardrails. It wasn't a solid guardrail. It was the ones that had the little lines, you know, the three lines that's got, you know, in the middle instead of the solid one. Well, it hits the guardrail, and it begins to do a 360 in, in the middle of the interstate. 
And so I just jumped off the interstate, pulled off the side of the road, jumped out of my car. I didn't even look. Jumped out of my car, ran across the interstate. Thank God there wasn't anybody coming. But I ran across the interstate. In my mind, I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to see when I open this door. Open up the door. Everybody was fine. The two little kids in the back, of course, they were crying. The husband was in the, dry, in the passenger seat. You know, he, he was asleep. He didn't know what was going on. I don't know if she fell asleep or whatever, but they hit the guardrail. But can I tell you this morning, it could have been a lot worse. You see, if the guardrail wasn't there, they could have crossed the median and hit oncoming traffic head on, and it could have been a completely disastrous situation. But you see, that guardrail protected them. They had a little bit of damage, but it protected them from something worse. So that's what they're there for. They're to protect us. They're there to help us. They're there to uh, keep us from going into the dangerous areas that sometimes that we want to go, but the Bible says don't go there, so we set those guardrails in our life so that we don't travel over to the other side of the guardrails. You see, guardrails are there to minimize the damage. There can be some damage, but it minimizes the danger that may happen in our life. So please understand this, that highways... That interstate system, the bridges, all of those places are not the only place where you need guardrails. You need guardrails in your life. Listen to me. That's for all ages, from the youngest to the oldest. You need, you need to set guardrails in your life. You need to set boundaries in your life. Why? Because they're there to protect you from you messing up something really bad. Because we know how we are. We know what kind of people we are. We're flesh and blood. And so we need to set those boundaries in our life that we don't mess something up and mess up what God is trying to do in our life. Guardrails are there to direct us and to protect us from dangerous places. You see, I'm sure that there's some of you here today that have some regrets in your life that could have been avoided if you would have just established some guardrails in your life. You may be here today and have some regrets in your life. And the reason why you have those regrets is because you didn't have boundaries or you didn't have guardrails set in your life. And if you had had that guardrail or if you had had that boundary, it may have saved you from regrets that maybe you have today. They're there to protect us and to direct us in our life. So as I was thinking about this, this message and thinking about guardrails, my mind goes to the Old Testament to a guy named Daniel. Daniel was a young man, a young man who loved God. He was a, he was a man that was taken from his home into captivity uh, to live under the leadership of a man named King Nebuchadnezzar in a place called Babylon. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to teach them a new language. He wanted to teach them new literature of about the Babylonians. And, and plus, not only that, but he assigned them a certain diet where they were going to eat this diet and then train for three years and enter into the king's service. So think about that. He was taken from everything that he'd ever known in his life, and now he's living in captivity. He's living in a place that he doesn't know. He's living in a wicked place, and people are trying to direct him and to guide him to be something else than what God wanted him to be. But you see, something about Daniel that keeps sticking out in my mind was this. Daniel established guardrails in his life. He established guardrails in his life that would not allow him to go there because of the guardrail, because of the protection that he set in his life. You see, Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 says this. It says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So Daniel said, You know what? 
Even when everybody else is eating this way, even when everybody else is acting this way, even when everybody else is speaking this way, even when everybody else is living this way, I'm not going to go, I'm not going there. Why? Because I've got this guardrail in my life and I have been called to do something great for my life and I choose not to cross that guardrail. He set that up as a young man, not as an old man, not as a, you know, but he set it up as a young man in his life, said that he will not defile himself from anything that the enemy's bringing against him. You see, Daniel knew that if he were to act like everyone else, if he were to eat like everyone else, then there would be no difference that you could tell them apart from any other young man. So he set guardrails in his life, and he said, I'm not crossing those guardrails. Why? Because I'm going to be the man that God's called me to be. Why? Because I want to protect my life. And not only do I want to protect my life, but I want to protect my future for what may come down the road in my life. Daniel said that I'm not going past these guardrails. Why? Because I don't want to damage what God is doing in my life. I don't want to damage what God's doing. I don't want to mess something up, what God is doing in my life. You see, understand something about culture. Culture doesn't want you to establish guardrails in your life. They don't want you to establish those guardrails. The devil doesn't want you to establish guardrails in your life. He wants you to live however you want to live. He doesn't care. Listen, he's not going to be there when everything is messed up. He he doesn't want you to establish those guardrails. The culture wants you to have fun and enjoy the moment that you're living in. You see, the devil wants you to have fun and enjoy the moment that, that you're living in. Culture isn't worried about the damage that happens to your life when you decide to go on the other side of the guardrails. You see, the devil isn't worried about the damage that may happen to you when you cross over the guardrails. Matter of fact, he's going to be standing there clapping and, and cheering. Why? Because you messed up. Because you crossed over the guardrail and began to do something that you said you wouldn't do. So he's going to be there cheering and, and, yay, you messed up, way to go. I told you you couldn't do it. That's what he's going to do. You see, the same people, culture, that, that, that uh, praises you to live a certain way, guess what? When you mess up, they're going, to be, they're going to be downing you. They're going to be coming all over you. Well, you messed up. The same people that praise you are going to be the same people that says, I can't believe you did that. Why did you mess up? Why did you live that way? See, culture doesn't want you to have those guardrails in your life because they want you to live however you want to live. You see, the devil doesn't care about that. He doesn't care if you mess your life up. He wants you to mess your life up. He wants you to live a certain way. So Daniel, as a young man said, you know what, I'm going to put these guardrails in my life to protect me from danger. And those guardrails did exactly what those guardrails were supposed to do, and that was to protect Daniel. You see, remember when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? Because he decided to continue to pray like he did every single day when he was was told not to. When, when, When they sent out the decree that says that you can't pray anymore, Daniel went three times a day. He got into his favorite place, and he prayed. And because of that, Daniel's life was taken from there, and he was thrown into the lion's den. But remember what he had said in his life. The guardrails were there to protect him. Daniel chapter 6, verses 19 and 22 says this. It says, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And this is how Daniel answered. May the king live forever. My God sent an angel and shut the mouths of the lions. 
Do you know why that happened? Because he set guardrails in his life early. That guardrail protected him later on in life. And the, de- and the enemy, what the devil tried to destroy in Daniel's life, God used it for something to glorify his name. Why? Because he set a guardrail. He set a, a boundary in his life. He says, I'm not crossing over that, and I'm going to live how God's called me to live. Listen to me. That's for all of us this morning, adults and teenagers. Choose how God has called you to live, not how you want to live. Don't cross over the boundaries for a moment of fun. Don't cross over the boundaries for a moment of this. But do business right. Do, you know, do the things that are right in God's eyes and God will bless you. But he will also protect you. The guardrail protected Daniel's life because he set it forth in his life. Guardrails are there to protect us from danger. Daniel said as a young man, I'm going to set guardrails in my life. Mom and dad as parents, you need to set guardrails in your kids' lives. You need to set them in your life. Why? Because one day they're going to be out of your home. And they're not, sometimes they don't know what to do. So you set guardrails in their life. Why? Because you, you love them and you want to protect them. You're going to say, hey, guys, we're not going to do this. We're not going to act that way. We're not going to, live. We're not going to watch that. We're not going to listen to that. We're not going to do those kind of things. Why? Because if we do, we may mess something up in what God's trying to do in our life. So we need, as parents, we need to set guardrails in our, li- in our children's lives so that they don't cross over it. I remember when I turned 16 years old and started driving, my curfew was at 10 o'clock. Y'all were like, oh, poor guy. Can I tell you, I hated that. I hated the curfew at 10. Why? Because all of my friends were staying out until 11, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. But I had a curfew. I had to be home at 10 o'clock. And, of course, that changed later on. But I didn't like it in that moment. But you know what? It protected me. Because I always heard my parents say there's nothing good that happens past this hour. And can I tell you, that's a lot of truth to that. That even though I didn't like that guardrail, even though I didn't want that guardrail in my life, they set it up to what? To protect me from anything that's happening that may happen in my life. Real quickly this morning, I want to look at another young man in the, in the Old Testament that had guardrails or boundaries that were set up in his life at an early age, but he decided that he would choose not to stay on the side of the safety zone. He decided he wanted to travel over to the danger zone. Again, guardrails, listen, guardrails are placed in the safety zone to protect you from the danger zone. That's where they're placed, in the safety zone, not in the danger zone to protect you from that. So the guardrail or the boundary doesn't do us any good if we choose to jump over it to the other side. A fence doesn't do you any good if you choose to jump over it and get attacked by a dog. If the, if the, if the, if the sign says, don't jump over the fence because you'll get attacked by a dog, and you go, well, I don't believe it, and you jump over the fence and you're like, there's a dog on your leg, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense now. I should have I paid attention to the sign. That's why the sign's there, is to protect you. So in Judges chapter 13, it speaks of a lady who is not named, but she's married to a man named Manoah. In verse 3, it says this, The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Cool story. She hasn't had any babies. She hadn't, couldn't have, have babies, but now the God, God's going to bless her with a with son. And here's where the story gets interesting. Verse 4. It says this, now, now see to it that you, do, that you do not drink wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything that's unclean. 
You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb, he will, take, he will take the lead of delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So this morning, I want to show you three guardrails or three boundaries that were set into Samson's life from, the, from birth that he was supposed to stay away from, but he chose not to. And we know the story. We know and understand that at the end of Samson's life, we know that he killed a lot of Philistines at that moment. I understand that. But there could have been a lot more. There could have been a lot more in Samson's life if he would have just stayed on this side of the guardrail. See, as a Nazarite, which is a young boy too, which he was going to become, um, there were three things that you had to stay away from. Alcohol or anything fermented, anything unclean, food, anything that's touched a dead body, or, or anything you got to stay away from it, and you don't cut your hair. Those are the three things that as a Nazarite that you had to stay away from so that you didn't get called up in certain areas of your life. Three pitfalls or three danger zones that he was supposed to stay away from, but he chose to go on the other side of the guardrail and the boundary. You see, we can set guardrails and boundaries in our lives, and we can talk about it, and we can set it, but I want to tell you this morning, again, it does not do you any good if you don't obey by them. If you don't live, live by the guardrail, then it doesn't do any good in your life. So Judges chapter 14, verses 2 through 3, it says this. It says, When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now go get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? Now, that's not the first guardrail, but listen to me. That was a moment where, where Samson should have listened to what his mom and dad said. Because that was the moment that he began to compromise the other guardrails that was set in his life. So he, he decided that he was going to marry this, this Philistine woman. He, he, he decided that, that he was going to marry her. you, you got to understand, Philistines and Nazarite were totally different people. But he chose to marry this, this girl. What we used to call in, in, in the youth group, we used to call it this, missionary dating. That's what we used to call it, right? Because we would see these girls or these guys bring these girls, you know, whatever, to church. And, you know, they would, they would bring them to church hoping that they would get saved so that they can just love them and be the, the person that God has called them to be. You know what I'm saying? You've been there. But can I tell you this? I'm not saying that doesn't work. But I've seen it more to the negative than I have to the positive. I've seen it more to the negative than I... I've seen guys pull girls away from church. I've seen guys pull girls away from their relationship with God because they didn't set boundaries in their life. They decided to choose to step over the gate and live however they wanted to. And it pulled them away from what God was doing in their life. And also vice versa. It happens the other way too. It's not all just the guy's fault. But it's also the, can be the fault of the girls as well. You see... They're, they're, it's like oil and water. They don't mix together. A non-Christian and a Christian dating together, I'm, I'm very adamant about this. It doesn't mix well together. The Bible talks about it. I remember when Laney and Logan would come to us and they say, hey, we're dating someone. The first thing that we would ask them, number one, do they go to church and are they a Christian? That's what we ask them. Why? Because I want to know. I want to know who you're dating. I want to know who you're hanging out with. And if they didn't go to church, if they did not have a relationship with God, you know what we tell them? Cut it off and walk away from them. 
I know that sounds terrible. I know that's not a good, maybe that's not good advice, Pastor. That's what I told my kids. Why? Because my job is to protect them from any harm that they may not see in their life at that moment, that the devil's creeping in and trying to do certain in this area. The guardrail was set to protect them, not to hurt them, to keep them out of the danger zone and away from what the enemy is trying to do in their life. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything, that flow, that for everything you do flows, flows from it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14. Are you ready for this one? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what, right, for what do righteous and wickedness have in common? Or what do fellowship with light and darkness have in common? Nothing. So Samson said, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to listen to my parents. I'm just going to do my own thing. So he began to compromise in an area where he should have stayed safe. So he began to compromise. And we all know what happens when you compromise. When you compromise in one area, it will always lead you to another area. When you compromise here, it will always lead you to another place. When you cross over this guardrail here, it will always lead you to another danger zone. That's just what happens in life. When you compromise, that's what happens. And then verses uh, 5 and 6, I'm getting there, so stay with me. 5 and 6 says this, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother, and as they approached the, what's the next word? The vineyards. Suddenly a lion came out roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have done to a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Do you understand what the first guardrail in Samson's life was this? Don't come near, don't touch anything that has to do with alcohol or wine or anything fermented drink. So where does he go? He goes straight to the vineyard. He goes straight to the vineyard. He began to, he began to mess around in an area that he wasn't supposed to be there. Because we all know when you go there, there's, you may end up doing something you're not supposed to. So he was in the vineyard in that moment where he was supposed to stay away from it. So guardrail number one is this. Stay away from alcohol or any, anything that has fermented drink. That's what I'm telling our teenagers this morning. Stay away from it. Don't go there. Notice where Samson was traveling. He was traveling through the vineyards. Hey, teens, listen to me say this this morning. The vineyard is not a good place to be. It's not. A vineyard is not the good place to be. Nothing, comes, nothing good comes out of the vineyard. It just doesn't, so don't go there. Stay away from alcohol, stay away from drugs, stay away from fulfilling those boy and girl desires that you know what I'm talking about, that the, that the enemy brings into your life. Stay away from it because it's not going to lead you to anything that's good. Only bad's going to happen out of it. He compromised in one area, and now he's hanging out where he doesn't belong. He compromised with a lady that was a Philistine, and now he's flirting with danger in the vineyard. So he was supposed to stay away from it, but he chose not to, and now he's there. Now some would say, well, well Pastor, it says that the, the Spirit of God fell upon Sam, Sam, Samson's life, and he killed this young goat. And I, I, yes, that's what it says. But also understand this. It doesn't mean that later on in his life that he didn't have regrets. It doesn't mean that at all, because when you, when you cross over that, that, that guardrail, later on you're going to have regrets in your life. There's going to be hurt. 
There's going to be things that may happen in your life if you would have just stayed on this side of the guardrail and not crossed over. But this is what he says next. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Listen to me, teenagers, this morning. If you find yourself in a place or you find yourself doing something that you don't want your parents to know, you're in a wrong place. If you can't tell your mom and dad, if you can't tell them where you are, if you can't tell them what you're looking at, if you can't tell them those things, can I tell you this morning, you're in the wrong place. You need to get away from it. Because if you don't, you may end up doing something that you don't want to do. So don't compromise in this area of your life. Stay on this side of the guardrail. Set that guardrail up in your life so that you don't cross over and become something that you don't want to be. Guardrail number two is this. Don't eat anything unclean or touch any kind of dead carcass. Verse 4 in in Judges chapter 13 says, don't eat anything unclean. And then it goes to Judges 14 verses 8 and 9. It says this. It says sometime later when he went back to marry her, he turned aside and he saw the lion's carcass, the lion that he had killed in the beginning. And in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate it as he, as he traveled along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they ate it too. But he did not tell them where the honey had came from, the dead uh, lion's carcass. So guardrail number two. He's already crossed the first one. Or he's, he's flirting with danger on the first one. Now he's already crossed the, the guardrail, and he's messing with dead things. The Nazarite vow is the second. Don't anything, anything unclean or don't mess with anything that's dead. And now he's got his hands all in it. The dead carcass is laying there. Isn't that a pretty sight this morning? Think about it. He's just (laughs) pulling out all this stuff. He's now all inside this dead carcass where he's not supposed to be. But the reason why he was there was because there was something sweet in it. You see, if the honey wasn't there, he probably would have never messed with a dead carcass. And what the devil does, he sweetens the deal a little bit. He makes it very enticing to you. He makes it look very good to you. So he's going to present it to you in a way that it looks good, but in the end will destroy you. Why? Because you're already on that side of the guardrail. You're in the danger zone. So if he would have just not just walked away from it, we'd have been all good. But he chose to dive right into the dead carcass and put his hands in there, and he began to eat the honey that was in it. Not only that, but he takes it to his mother and dad, and he doesn't tell them where it comes from, and now he's polluted them. You see, when you sin, when you mess up in your life, it just doesn't affect you, but it affects other people in your life. You see, he brought this sweet honey to them, and he's just like, hey, eat from it. He doesn't tell them where it came from, and they're just, you know, they're just eating it like crazy. And now he's standing there like, you know, he's, he's, he's already, he was already in the danger zone or flirting with the guardrail. And now he's stepping over the guardrail and he's given his parents something that he knew that he was supposed to stay from. And that was a dead carcass. Numbers chapter 6 verses 6 says this, Throughout the period of their dedication to the Lord, the Nazarite must not go near a dead body. He's passing through the vineyard again and he comes upon this dead carcass. And he pulls out the honey in it and begins to eat it and then he carries it to his parents. When you cross over that guardrail into, into the danger zone, you will always take other people with you. You're not just going to take yourself. You're going to take other people with you. 
Not only did, he compromise the, the, did the compromise have an effect on him, but it also had an effect on those who were close to him. Samson probably would have never touched the dead carcass if the honey wasn't inside of it. I read that this week, and I know you've probably heard this quote before. It says this, Sin will take you further than you want to go, it will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. That's what sin does. It takes you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will always cost you more than you want to pay. So those guardrails that were set in Samson's life, now he's already in the danger zone. He was flirting with the first one, now he's in the danger zone by crossing the second one in his life. And the third one is this. Miss Karen, if you would, I want to ask you to come on up this morning. The third guardrail is this. Don't cut your hair. Don't, the, the rule was don't cut your hair. Verse 5 says, head, uh, The head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. You see, Samson fell in love with a girl named Delilah. Delilah. There's a, never mind, I'll move on. He fell in love with a girl named Delilah. Delilah was not good. She, he didn't need to fall in love with Delilah. Her mission, you know what her mission was? Her mission was to find out what, where his strength came from. And she tried all these different things until she heard the famous words that she was looking for. Judges chapter 16 verses 15 says this. Then she said to him, how can you say, I love you, when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made me, look like a, uh, made me look like a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great success or your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he had got to the place where he was just like so sick and tired of hearing her talk about what his strength was. She was like, but Samson, do you love me? Then let's do this. Samson, do you love me? Then let's, let's get involved in this. That's what she was saying to him. Tell me, tell me you love me because I need to know this, Samson. And this is what he says in verse 17. She told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my, very, from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. In that moment of guilt, in that moment of pressure, as peer pressure always done, that's why it's called peer pressure. It's not called peer fun. But people will pressure you into doing something that you know is wrong, that you need not to do. Why? Because if you do, you're going to mess something up. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but I am saying this. We can live lives the way God's called us to live if we will stay on this side of the guardrail. We can do it. Why? Because we have God living inside of us. You see, sin will always do the same thing to you. It will entice you. It will keep on, and it will keep on, and it will keep on until you give in. And you fall victim of what the devil's talking about. You see, the devil's out there dangling the bait in front of you every single day over and over and over again in your life until you take a bite of the bait, and then what does he do? He sets the hook, and he's got you caught. It just takes one time because you don't know what your body is made up of. You can drink alcohol one time and become an alcoholic. You can do drugs one time and become a drug addict. You don't know what your body's made up. So that's why it's good to stay away from it so that you don't become something that God hasn't called you to be. So she's like, 
So he tells her, there's no razor supposed to touch my head. The reason why the Nazareth, listen, the reason why the Nazareths had light, uh, long hair, because it identified them as God's people. It identified them as God's people. When you saw them, you knew that they were God's people. It's kind of like us as Christians. When we live a certain way, it identifies us with who we are and what God's doing in our life. But in that moment, listen, in that moment of pressure, in that moment of his life, in that moment where he didn't want to give it away, but he did, in that moment, his identity was taken from him, and you couldn't tell the difference between Samson and everybody else. You couldn't tell the difference. What before you could tell, why? Because he had the long hair. But now you can't tell the difference, why? Because he gave in, and he crossed over the guardrail where he should have stayed away from. That's what happens, church, when we mess with sin, when we do things that we're not supposed to do. We start looking like the rest of the world. Can I be honest with you this morning? If we're living there, we're living in the wrong place. The Bible says that we're to be set apart. Set apart. We're supposed to be different than, than the rest of the world. Samson, he, in that moment, he started looking like everybody else. He gave in to peer pressure. He crossed over the guardrail into the danger zone. You see, Samson, did his, he didn't get his strength from his hair. His strength came from his obedience to God. There was nothing special about his hair. His strength came from his being obedience to God. The time that you ask God for strength, listen, the time that you ask God for strength isn't when you're already in the danger zone. The time that you ask for God to give you strength is when you're standing in the safety zone thinking about going into the danger zone, but that's the moment you say, God, I need your strength. So I don't cross over to the danger zone. I need your strength, God. When we're already in the danger zone, I'm not saying that we can't pray that, but we're already in the danger zone. We need to stay out of the danger zone into the safe zone where God's called us to be. God's called us to be set apart and to be different. Don't compromise your beliefs. Don't cross over the guardrail just because it's right or just because it seems right or just because it feels right. Stay on this side of the guardrail. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 says this. Paul's talking to his church in Ephesus. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise. He's saying, hey guys, listen, make wise decisions Make wise decisions that will affect you in the future, not just today. Don't live as the unwise, but live as the wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Guys, we're living in evil days, in evil times. And if we're not careful, we will be caught up in the evil and we will start looking like everybody else instead of being set apart. There's evil that lives around us. There's evil that lurks around us all the time because there's an enemy that is real and he's trying to do everything he can to get you into the danger zone. You see, when, we, when our kids started driving, we told them not just to watch out for yourself, but to pay attention to what the other drivers are doing around you. Pay attention to the other drivers. Don't just pay attention to you. But pay attention to what's happening around you because at some moment what's happening around you could also affect you. So make sure that you're looking at, aware of everything that's happening around you because you don't want somebody else doing something that's going to affect your life because you wasn't paying attention to it or you wasn't watching what was going on. 
First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 says this, but you, are, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 says this, Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. God has called us to set boundaries and guardrails in our lives to protect us from the harm that the devil is trying to bring in our life. You see, one young man chose to set guardrails in his life, but he also chose to stay on the safe side of those guardrails. And God did incredible things in his life. The second young man had guardrails, but he chose not to live by the guardrails, and he chose to live in the danger zone, and the story's a little bit different. Set guardrails in your life. Stay in the safe zone. Don't cross over to the danger zone because you don't want to mess up what God's doing in your life. The second young man never fully experienced what God had for him because he decided to live in the danger zone. Set up guardrails in your life so that you can become what God has destined you to be. You know where they're there? For your protection. For your safety. They're there to direct you but they're also there to protect you. That's why we need them, church. It's important to set those things up in your life so God will direct you to stay away from the danger and also so God will protect you. I want you to bow your heads this morning if you don't mind. Our kids are going to be joining us in just a moment because we're going to have a presentation for Logan and Shelby. But I just want you to know something this morning, church, is this. Is that the guardrails are there for a purpose. And I know you, we don't sometimes understand it. I didn't understand it as a young man. Why, why I couldn't do this. Or why I had to stay away from that. Or why I couldn't do this. I didn't understand it then. But you know what? I understand it now. Teenagers, you may not understand it now. But you will one day. It's there for your protection. It's there to direct you in the right way. It's there to keep you in the safety zone so something doesn't happen in your life that later on that you may have regrets because you allowed something to come into your life. But I also know this, that even though we, if we've crossed over that guardrail, God still is issuing grace. That even when we mess up, even when we've done something that maybe we weren't supposed to do, you know what I can do? I can repent of my sins. I can go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I repent of my sins. I'm not sorry because I got caught. God, I'm, I'm truly sorry for what I've done because I know I let you down. In that moment, God will forgive me. He will forgive me. So just set those guardrails up in your life to protect you from from what the enemy's doing because we live in an evil society and the devil's doing everything he can to tear the church apart to tear, to tear the family apart stay away from it stay in the safety zone God I pray for every person this morning that's here I pray Father that you would lead us and you would guide us in our life from my, from, the, from my teenagers to our adults, God, lead us and guide us. God, help us to make the best decisions. Help us to make wise decisions. God, help us to make good business decisions. God, well, we're not cheating somebody, but we're doing the right thing. 
Because when we know that when we do those right things, when we live a certain way, God, God, you will reward us for how we live and how we do things. And God, that's what we want in our life. It's not for, it's not for everybody else to look at us and go, well, how perfect they are, how wonderful they are. It's for you to look at our lives and you to be pleased with us and how we live. So I pray for that for every person in here this morning, that we would set up those guardrails and not cross over into the danger zone, but we will stay in the safety zone. God, help us to be more like Daniel and less like Samson. It's not based on how we feel or what we want. It's based on what you're calling us to be, God, in our life. And God, we're thankful for that today. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.